0: You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church podcast. As you are seated, open your Bible in Matthew chapter 16. How many of you are here this morning? And we saw how Jesus explained the importance of where you build your house, and we he had he explained the, the parable of. Two men. The one was the wise man, the other was the foolish man. And how the wise man heard the word of God and he did it. He put it into action and he likened that as a man that hears the word and does it. That's a wise person who builds their house on the rock, they dig down to where the rock is, bed the house on a rock. And so when the storm came and the wind blew and the waves and the the stream, it talks about a river going through the house, not just a little trickle through the garden. No, I mean, the river beat up on the side of that house, but he said that house stood. But then the other one was like the fool who heard the word but did not do it. And that was somebody who builds the house on a sand. And so the same storm came, Blew on the house, same river hit the house, and it washed it away down there. There the house went running down the river. Now, someone says, wow, that was a horrible storm. It destroyed the house. No, it was not a house-destroying storm because if it was a house-destroying storm, every house would have been destroyed. That was not the issue. And this is something I want to bring to our attention again and again and again. Remember this. You are not defined by your problems. The enemy wants to try and show you how you got all these problems and God's not there for you and look at that person and look at this person. Look at Pastor Alan. He never has any problems. Really? Yeah, but look at you. Look, look at your life. Look at... Now, you understand? The same storms come. I said the same storms come. Exactly the same opportunities to get offended. Exactly the same opportunity to talk ugly. To lose my temper. Same opportunities to complain to God. God, how much more must I confess? So how would I know about all these things? Somebody told me all their problems. No, I've been through it. I've had faced exactly the same challenges. Do you realize that even Jesus faced exactly the same? He faced exactly the same. In fact, they wanted to kill him many times. I don't know if anybody has recently been dragged to the edge of a cliff and about to be thrown off because of something you said. He was just saying, the Spirit of the Lord's upon me. He's anointed me. That's it. That could get, take him. We're going to go throw him off a cliff somewhere. He was tempted in all things, yet without sin. So it's not the extent of the problem that decides if you fail or not. It's the ability to take God's word and know that if he said something, that settled it. The moment God says, whoever, let me see, whoever's yeah, put your hand up. Keep that hand up. Say this, when God says, whoever, he's already included me. He's predestined for that word to work for you. But you notice, life, you don't live on autopilot. Like, now that you're a Christian, all your problems are over. See, I mean, you know, the guy who hears the word didn't do it. Now, he may have thought he did everything because he built a house. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. He might have done it with all good intentions. I mean, he listened to the word, he memorized the word, did Bible college. Can quote any scripture. He can, even when he speaks, he sounds like past island. <laughs> but when the storm comes, if he's not putting that word to action, God doesn't look at his intention. Oh, shame. He, he thought he was doing the right thing. Let me go hold his house for him. God doesn't do that. Why not? He, that would violate his word. In what way? The same way we believe God's not a respecter of persons in the good things. He's also not a respecter of persons when it comes to faith. If, if faith requires actions, he has to abide by his own word. He can't say, oh, shame for you. God doesn't, oh, shame on anybody. That's why Jesus is making it clear. The response is not God it's the response is you. He's, when's God going to? Why hasn't God done? When's God going to answer? When he already has. Before the foundation of the world, God already set you up for success. That's where some people misunderstand predestined. Predestined doesn't mean you're a puppet sent down a tube and you are going to pop out the other side whether you like it or not. If you're saved, you're going to be saved whether you like it or not. And you're going to hell, you're going to hell whether you like it or not. That's not predestination. Because it says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That just blew that funnel away. But if you picked your pen up now and dropped it, it is predestined. To hit the earth. It's built into the laws. But if you never let that pen go, it'll just stay in your hand. A seed is predestined to produce your harvest. It's programmed in there. It's not like when you plant the seed, then God gets off his throne, comes down and hits each seed. Now he's got to start that one, start that one, start that one. He doesn't do that. Farmer goes and plants a thousand seeds. God says, hey, I'm going to take all day here now. I'm going to have to start all these seeds. I know the guy down the road's still waiting for me, but I've got to first finish here. God doesn't do that. He's predestined that seed. All you have to do is get it in the ground. That ground's already designed the moment a seed hits it to start working on it. It's built into the system. So Jesus saying, I've given you the word. Both men heard the same message. And so that word was sent to do something. It has an action to it. But it's in the action you see the manifestation. It's in the action when you see that word start to work and do what it's designed to do. Every word sent from God has a designated outcome. He sent His word. Heal. He sent his word to deliver you from destruction. He sent his word to prosper you. He sent his word to give you good success. He sent his word to. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. If I never open my mouth, the poor will never get the good news. So I'm anointed. But I have to open and speak. To heal the brokenhearted. Preach deliverance to the captives. Recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those that are oppressed. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. You notice with the scripture that Pastor Danny read today. Where God said. That I have commanded a widow to look after you. And he went down there. And she complained about the fact that she didn't have bread and she only had a little bit of bread and oil and a little bit of flour and oil and gathering a few sticks, you're going to make it and eat it and they're going to die. Notice what Elijah said. Go do what you said and listen to what he said. Thus says the Lord God, the flour will never run out. The oil will never dry. Hang on. Rewind to the beginning of the chapter. What did God tell Elijah? It's written. What did he tell her? Go down to Zarephath. I have commanded a widow to provide for you. End of account. There's nothing there where he said, and tell her the flower won't end. I'm taking you out into the realm of the miraculous. I want you to start experiencing miracles. You have to start renewing your mind to the way God wants you to operate. I know this unsettles some religious people. You can't tell God what to do. Well, Elijah thought he could. He's not telling God what to do. God said, she will provide for you. In his mind, he figured out, well, then she must have lots of flour and oil. It's got to be there. So when she said she didn't have enough, oh, no, don't worry. There's plenty. Why? Because he's not looking at the natural. He's seeing into the realm of the Spirit. He's seeing beyond He knows that if God's involved and God says he's going to provide, well, what's he talking about? So the fact that he said it, I can speak and I know that if I've spoken, God said his system is built to answer and respond to the words that I say. (laughs) He is God's delegated authority. Hallelujah. You know, this may seem like a simple example, but I, I believe it's going to help you understand your responsibility and your authority. I was uh, on a ministry trip in the United States, and they've got Starbucks. That's where it originated. And I went in to go and get a coffee, and I was standing in a line, and right in front of me, I was the second person, was the front of me was a lady, and this lady wanted to buy a voucher for her son or somebody you know the little card and put some money on there as a gift but they got all these different cards and they are all different pictures and she's looking through them no I don't like that one I don't like that one and the lady says well we got some more yeah under the counter and she gets some more I don't like that maybe I go one in the back and she goes to the back I'm staying uh, I like that card. That, that's, that's a nice one. <laughs> yeah. and, but, but this lady, and she's doing it. I'm just staying patient. I'm just waiting, and it's taking longer and longer. And then she says, can I see the other one again? And, and she looks at this. That, oh, that's not too bad. And, and eventually I noticed the barista, because they had the person at the counter, and then the one that makes the coffee on the other side, she comes to me and says, sir, can I help you in the meantime? See, she spotted something. So I said, yeah, I'd like a flat white. So she went, said, okay, don't worry. She went and made it, came back, gave it to me. So I'm reaching for my wallet, and she says, no, no, it's fine. You can go. Sure, don't have to pay. No, no, go. See, they have been trained, and they are quick to pick up. Obviously, now, you know, I'm figuring it out because I know how business works you don't just decide to do that on your own. Obviously their boss has said, I want to make sure everybody comes back and if anybody looks like they may leave and not ever come back because they had a bad experience, you have the right to give them a coffee. It it was put in their hands. In other words, they may have a quota. I don't know if they got, you know, you got 20 cups to give away or I don't know what the details are. But the point I'm making is, they didn't have to say, is he one of them? Uh, can, can, can uh, uh, this guy's been waiting for like 10 minutes. Is, is this the one you're talking about? Am I supposed to give him a coffee? No. They were delegated. They, gave, they had the authority. And in that authority, you would not have to wonder now. I wonder, I don't know if he's worthy. I don't know if I'm worthy. I don't know. Am I... Maybe if I use all my coffees up, then I don't have any left for later in the month. No, this this man has been waiting long enough, in her estimation, and I'm telling you, you can have a free coffee. See, when you've heard from heaven, and you know how your God thinks, and you know how He provides, and you see a lack, you can say, my God supplies that need. And you can call it just as sure as God said it himself. You don't have to check with heaven. God, do you want this person healed? I've had God deal with me that way. I'll be standing here doing, doing praise and worship. All of a sudden he starts speaking to me. And I'll, I'll hear there' certain needs and I'll, some certain things I'm going to pray for. And one day I was standing there and I said, Lord, is there any need you want to meet? Yeah. Or do you want to do something today? He says, i am always want to do something. So I don't check with him anymore. You just know that if there's a need, you have the seed to meet that need. It's been placed in you. Everything you've received, every, uh, everything you've earned. Remember, you work so that you've got something to give God has placed in you the capacity to look out for needs and to meet that need. You have been anointed with His presence. If you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. He's given you that authority. If you see someone sick, you don't have to wonder if God wants to heal them. You have the authority to go ahead and lay hands on that person. See, when you understand that rock, you know that God responds to that word. And yeah, Jesus is dealing with an issue and he's saying, who do people think I am? And that was more like a conversation opener because when they started sprouting all the junk, he didn't say, let me correct that. No, he he went to, who do you say I am? I want to know how you respond. And then Peter said, Simon Peter answered, and said, "You are the Christ, the Son of the living God." Jesus answered and sent him, "Blessed are you Simon Marjona.." Now we had to look at that this morning. That's his name. That's his name. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. What's Jesus saying? Now we read that as Peter, P-E-T-E-R, because To us, we see Peter as P-E-T-R and we think that's his name, but that doesn't have a capital letter in the original Greek. Jesus said, I say to you, you are Petros, and on this Petra, I build my church. He used it in a sentence. What's he saying? You are strong as a rock. You're a little rock. But on this huge boulder, I'm going to build my church. What's the boulder? What's the rock? What's the solid rock? Well, Jesus is referring to what He taught in that parable. The wise man builds his, builds his, builds his. If Jesus taught it, He's going to live by that same principle. If a wise man, how many you know Jesus is wisdom, Christ became for us wisdom. He's teaching you, he's not telling you what you should do. He's saying, this is how I live. And here's the demonstration. If a wise man builds his house on the rock, then it's going to make sense for Jesus to build his house on the rock as well. I'm going to build my house on a rock. But what's the rock I'm building it on? The fact that you hear from heaven and if you hear from heaven and you get an understanding of the revelation of God, then in that revelation, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Notice he didn't say hear from heaven if you should bind or loose. Read it again. Look at verse 19. I'm giving you the keys. This is the keys to the miraculous. You want to see miracles? Here's the key. You bind. Heaven will follow. And say check with heaven what you should bind. Whatever you bind will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Is that what Jesus said? On this side, let me pass. Is that what Jesus said? Then I'm not debating it. What's my job? Bind and loose. Something's out of line with the kingdom of God. You have been delegated authority to stop it. And to put into action what you know if God was here himself, he would have done. Everyone who came to Jesus was healed. Everyone. 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 He turned no one away ever. Maybe God's trying to help you learn a lesson through this. Even when that, uh, that, that child came and they said, What's the reason he's in this state? And he said, Well, there has been, they asked him, Was the father who sinned or was it the grand? He says, No, that my will be glorified, that you will see my will in action. Oh, so God made him sick so that Jesus could do the miracle. No, that what kind of abuse is that? No, Jesus is claiming the situation. Who hurt that child? Who hurt the child? I thought I was in a house of faith. Who hurt the child? Jesus made it clear. Satan comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. I came that they may have life and have life more abundantly. So the fact that there's a problem here, you are going to see the glory. Jesus didn't have to check with the Father. He knows if, <laughs> if there's someone here and they dare come into His presence and say, Heal me, open my eyes and I may see that I may hear that I may walk. Jesus immediately went into action. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's that confidence. To know that if he has said it, you speak it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Dr. Bill said something while I was, Dr. Bill Winston, for those that don't know, I was there. I was in his, at his kingdom conference last week. And this is something that I've read for many times and studied but he put it into such perspective that is that that answers it for me. Remember when Jesus healed that blind man? And then he said, "I see men as trees walking." I've always had the impression that it's like the healing went half into action. So, he's blind. Jesus prayed for him, so he opened his eyes, and he could just see murky. They look like trees, but they're moving, so they must be men. So Jesus said, come, let me fix it. Like a two, part A, part B. Now, he didn't teach it this way, but this is the revelation I got from him, and I'll, I'll tell you what he said. If that's part A, B, then... That man did come in faith. Jesus doesn't fail at what he does. So (laughs) when he spoke for that man to be healed, he saw men as trees walking. Now remember, he spoke about if there's a tree in your life, The sycamine tree. What's in your life is producing something that you don't want. You can tell that tree to be removed and God will remove it. And He'll give you seed to plant that'll grow up the right tree. You want to be trees of righteousness. You want to be a tree of abundance. You want to be a tree of provision, a tree of healing. Walking speaks of maturity. Baby goes from crawling to walking. And you see God referred refer to that often. If you walk uprightly, I will do this. Walk with me. Uh, obviously, often you, you hear about walking in the Bible and it's always talking about a maturity. That's what. Dr. Bill showed that he was using that to talk about grow up and start walking maturely and use that as a like in the shadow. But immediately I thought, now I get what happened. Uh. Jesus, I need to see. Okay. And he opened his eyes and that man saw into the spirit realm before he saw the natural. He saw past the flesh and he saw what produces the fruit mature, fruit-producing trees. Jesus said, hang on, you've gone a little too far. (laughs) Bring you back so that you can see the natural. (laughs) We have to become so confident in the Word that you speak it. See Jesus walking on the water? Lord, if that's you, tell me, come. Well, now that's Jesus painted into a corner. Well, it is me. What does Jesus respond? Come. See, he didn't have to say, you're not old enough. You're not new. You have not done second year Bible college yet. You haven't done, you know, you know. Now, if you're ready to come, come. Walk. And he walked. He saw the miraculous. Don't you think the other disciples were bumping each other and saying, you know, I wish I'd done that. I don't say, no, don't worry. I mean, watch now. I don't think he's going to last. It's Peter anyway. I mean, you know. And no, no, but I need to be out. Oh, man, can I come? You know, (laughs) but Jesus dealing with Peter here. And then when he began to sink, Jesus didn't say, now you see, this is what I needed you to learn. Look at me. Why are you got short faith? Why, why are you allowing the, the, the waves to speak to you? Don't look at your circumstances. Look at the rock. Look at the rock. He wasn't walking on water. He's walking on the rock of calm. Rock is solid. It's the come, the living Word that He heard. He was walking on rock. See, as long as you're looking at the natural chemical yeah. construction of water, it's fluid. That's why he began sinking. Because he went, came out of the rock of acting and started worrying about the circumstances. The same waves were still there. Same wind. It wasn't the wave that pushed him over. Because when Jesus got him back on the rock, they both walked back to the boat. Start thinking miraculous. We've been designated to operate the miraculous. Mark 16, verse 15, Jesus said to them, go into the world, preach the gospel. What's the gospel? See, it's another word that should have been translated. Gospel of Jesus, hallelujah. What is that? Jesus. Yeah, what about him? Jesus is alive. Yeah, what, what does that mean? What's gospel? Good news. Good news. What's good news for a poor man? You are, you, right now, if the day you find out who your God is, that day is the poorest day of the rest of your life. That's good news. I don't come argue with you know good news for a poor man, and blah blah blah. Don't talk to me about poor till you've been there. If you talk to a real poor person, they don't go, hallelujah, I feel so holy because I'm poor. It's only a rich an educated person that would think of saying that. Now, did I mention any names? I'm not criticizing people, I'm showing you how religion can get in the way. Because the rock is the living word that you act on, not your doctrine. You can argue whether there's one baptism or three baptisms or whether there's one tree or what you know, you can argue about how many, the red heifer, whether that was, you know, and you can and talk about the history of the church. That doesn't deliver you. No. Don't get me wrong. It's good. There are people that are called to do that. You need to, there's, there's, it's good to know your history. It's good to be able to study those things. But that's not my calling. I said that's not my calling. My calling is to give you words that you can speak, words that you can act on to show you your God is waiting to hear those words. See, I don't care which arm of Christianity you come from, that, that, those, those particular religious doctrines that are different and we all arguing over, that doesn't set you free. When someone's baby's lying in their arms and catching their last breaths and you know you need to bring that child back to life, the only thing that's going to bring them back is God has said, and I speak as the authority today in the name of Jesus, child, you live. Death, you'll not have this baby in the name of Jesus. The ability to know that good news is when you discover the truth of God's word, you do not have to stay poor. You know, this thing where people say, you know, there's this uh, the, the whole prosperity gospel thing and that it's where people say that riches proves God's blessing. I actually haven't heard anyone ever preach that. I don't know if someone's got a message like that, but I've never heard anybody say that. But the same way by Jesus stripes you healed. When the person's struggling with symptoms, they are as blessed as the day the healing manifests and they can breathe normally again and walk around and run around healthy. Their body is back to health. That's not the proof God loves you. The proof God loves you is He is love. Amen. And even when you're in the lion's den, He'll be there with you, keeping those lions' mouths shut. When you put into the fire, He will show up in the fire with you and just say, look on me, that, that flame won't hurt you, it won't touch you. He didn't deliver them before they were thrown in. No, they landed up in the fire. But God did save. I'm with you, I'll preserve you, I will keep you, I will carry you through. That's love. He'll be with you in the middle of your problem. And then the solution comes through. Your healing manifests. Your provision shows up. You see God blessing work and come into action. Amazes me how people will fight to stay poor. Just doesn't make sense to me. Why? He was sent to preach good news to the poor. Sent to heal The brokenhearted. That's why Jesus is here. And he didn't go back to heaven to stay there. He said if two or three of you gather in my name. I am right there with you. I am the authority that I'm giving you. To go and make disciples. Go and take what I've taught you. And teach others to do the same. And he who believes and is baptized. Will be saved. He who does not believe. Will be condemned. Verse 17. And these signs will follow those, those, those who believe. All things are possible. Amen. Hang on, hang on. To those who believe. As long as someone's on the back foot saying, well, you know, sometimes, you know, you don't always know. You never know what God's going to do. You know, you're never sure, you know, are you sure about And I, That person won't see the miraculous. Not a miracle going to accidentally happen to you. God's not just randomly dropping miracles out there. Let's see who am I going to do today. Who got it? That's not God. He's listening. He's listening. He's listening. He's listening. listening. I am quick to perform my word. I just need to hear my word. And that word will cause him to show up. He gave the invitation. You're not telling God what to do. He delegated it to you. That's the rock. If you bind on earth, it's bound in heaven. You loose on earth, it's loosed in heaven. If you believe that, in my name, you will cast out demons. Why? Because a demon knows the difference between someone who's doing something religious. Hallelujah. Water. Bible. The devil laughs at that. In the name of Jesus. Now, whoa, yeah, it's a believer. They will speak with new tongues. Take up serpents. They'll drink anything deadly. It'll by no means hurt them. Lay hands on the sick. They will recover. And Then after that, the Lord spoke to them. He was received up in heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. He's finished. He's now put it in your hands. Who is Christ in the earth today? You are. (gasps) No, no, hang in there, Tiger. You see, you're still conflating Jesus and Christ as one name. When you say Jesus Christ, you're saying Jesus, the anointed one. Am I born again? Do I have the Holy Spirit in me? Acts 10.28. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. Which Holy Spirit's in me? Oh, there's not another one? Same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus? So I'm Alan, the anointed one. You see, in English, you're happy with that. You see, I say it in English, you're okay. Alan, an anointed one. You're happy with that. See, if I put it into the Greek, see, I won't even say it because I know how some people, they'll they'll take that tape, that part, and they'll go play that on YouTube, just that section. See, I'm, I'm wise. But in English, everyone's okay. It's what they wanted to kill Jesus for. He stood I am anointed. When he read the scripture again, amen, 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 amen. Today, that's me. And then all the religious demons showed up. He sat down. It's done. It's settled. Okay, let me help you with the, the Greek word. Are you a Christian? Yes. What do you think that means? You go read your Bible and find out where it came from. They didn't call themselves. They said they were called. You know what was happening is when they, when Jesus gave them this instruction, all they had was the knowledge of the anointing. The anointing removes burdens, the anointing destroys yokes. I've sent you to do the same thing. So they went out and they started doing this. And people saying, have you been with that crazy bunch down there? It's like, I mean, you know, they go out there and they, they laugh when even things are, have problems. And, and I mean, they, they, they sing and dance together and, and they, they pray and, and then they land and yeah, they start throwing, what's that That, that anointing? Yeah, those anointed ones, those, those, those little anointeds. See, that's where the name Christ Chin came from. Those those little anointed ones. They were acting just like Jesus. That's who you are. I said, That's who you are. I said, That's who you are. are." And so they went out. What did they do? Did just like Jesus. Preached everywhere. Verse 26. uh, Verse 20. The Lord working with them and confirming the word. How? Through accompanying signs. How are you going to know the difference between a living church and a dead religion? You're going to see miracles, signs, wonders. God is calling His church back to be a demonstration in this earth. The world's done with dead religion. Just getting together to sing some songs. Hallelujah, happy, you got your best life. Yeah, and had glory go out. and. S- no, you're going to see the living demonstration of the word. You that demonstration. Look at the next verse, the next scripture. Note man. John chapter 3 verse 21. He who does the truth. He who, he who, if you abide in my word, you will know the truth. That truth will make you free. He who does it, put it into action, comes to the light. And his deeds may be clearly seen. They've been done in God. What does that mean? How am I going to know what you did was in God? Is when I know that could never have happened if it was just up to man. As long as people going, you know, someone comes in, Hallelujah, the Lord blessed me. I was, the bank said I couldn't have a loan. But praise God, I prayed, and then they, then they gave it to me. That's not a miracle. I said, that's not a miracle. First of all, the word says to owe no man anything except to love him. God's best is for you not to be in debt. Amen. But if you tick the right boxes and push enough buttons and go to enough people, anybody, even an unsaved total atheist, can still get a loan. It's when you get out into the supernatural, out beyond. No, you've come far enough and everyone knows from here on out, now it's impossible. You've reached the end. There's nothing left that man can do. It's gone beyond medical science. It's gone beyond anything they can do for you. You've been written off. You've been given three days to live. You've been given. uh, That when you see. You speak, see through into the realm of the Spirit and declare what God has said. And you see the miraculous show up. And even the unsafe person has to say, that has to be God. Come on, give Jesus praise. You ready to live that kind of life? Let me see. Those who are living the miraculous, stand to your feet and give Jesus praise. The the days of miraculous are back. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, family, there's such a stirring in my heart. I'm going to stir this up, stir this up, stir this up, stir this up. And we're going to see it. We are seeing it. Hallelujah. This is that. Praise God. See, God didn't just save a bunch of people to have a religious experience that just hanging there long enough till he comes back. He sees a broken world. And he said, for this reason, I came to destroy the work of the enemy. Now it's our turn. We're doing what he said to do. Hallelujah. So lift your hand, say this. I thank God I've been saved and born into the body of Christ. I am a member of that body. Just as much as Jesus is Christ, I am also just as anointed. It's not a different Holy Spirit. Say, so I am as anointed as Jesus. He said, I will do the same works he did and greater. Now, how did he get those great works to work? He never hesitated to speak, fully believing what he said would happen. And not be moved by circumstances. I don't think, well, I prayed and nothing happened. Who said? He spoke to the tree. It took 24 hours before Peter said, look, the tree you cursed has died. That didn't move Jesus. Yeah, never, if Peter hadn't brought up, he never looked at the thing again. Why? He'd already spoken. So learn to rest in that. If I have to pray for something a second time, my first prayer was in doubt. Rather don't pray until you've got that faith ready. Knowing that when I open my mouth now, this is the last time I pray on this issue. I'm speaking and then it's done. You've got to be that confident. And then when it looks like there's a delay and the enemy starts to work on your feelings and, and that doubt and unbelief be like Abram. Now no, what the Lord has said, he is, he is, he is fully able to perform. And you just rejoice, just praise, worship. Hallelujah. Say that. God has placed in me the authority of the kingdom to bind on earth. And when I do, heaven considers it bound. When I loose on the earth, Heaven considers it loosed. There are angels waiting for me to speak. As I do, the whole realm of the Spirit goes into operation. That's God's purpose. It's God's design. It's His will. And I believe it. And as I receive that and walk in it, I see the miraculous. I live in the miraculous. It's happening in my life. All the time, I am doing the same works Jesus did and greater. Because He said so, I receive it. I am living this way. I'm acting this way. I am founded on the rock of revelation that I hear from heaven. And I know God is my God. He is building His house. Even hell itself cannot stop it. No devil can stop me. I have authority. When I cast the devil out, it is already fleeing in the name of Jesus. When I lay hands on the sick, they recover. That is the good news. That is the gospel. And I'm walking in it in full authority in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise God.